0: Hello, hello. So today we are going to be talking about organizing play spaces. So I think what tends to happen, well, first of all, let me preface this. I do not have children. So as I go through this, you will probably be like, oh my gosh, she clearly doesn't have kids. Um, And so in preparation for this, I listened to a bunch of podcasts. I did a lot of research um, to try to figure out what makes the most sense. Um, and I hope that even though I don't have children, I am able to give you some tips and tricks that make sense. Also, let me also back that up by saying I am a teacher, so I do know kids. It's not like I've never talked to a child in my life. Um, i was an elementary teacher and now i'm a middle school teacher so i know kids at a variety of ages and stages um and so what i say here i i was kind of thinking about in my own classroom could i make this work and so whatever i share i do believe with the right implementation i could make these things work of course in middle school we don't play we don't play, um, but you know, I know in the elementary grades, there are, you know, there is a ta- a time and a space for, um, playing. Okay. So let's keep these things in mind. The goal of organizing our homes is so that we can feel put together so that we can feel just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's like a Zen feeling when everything in your house has a home and you're able to get it back to that home with relative ease, homes run so much more smoothly. Um, our house used to be that way before the renovation. And I remember it and I cannot wait to be back in that place. We're not there because the renovation is still happening, but we, it it's just around the corner. (laughs) Um, and, one of the things that we really want in our houses is the most used items, those items that typically get brought out like at least once a week, we want those items to be as easy to put away as it is to set them down. Meaning for me, that means it's literally just a drawer pull away, or it even has a home that is literally like, throw it in the box and then go. Um, And so what I have found to be really helpful is Um, The boxes that you can get has an attached lid and the lid like magnetizes to the box. So all you have to do is just unmagnetize it, lift up the lid, throw the item in, and then pretty much run away and the box just closes itself. That's about as lidded as I get around here, as it gets in our house, because lids don't work for me. I have to be able to, I'm lazy, I guess is what it is. (laughs) Um, And so that's what i know about myself and i think we can say kind of the same for children like we don't to ask them to put a lid back on might be too much <laughs> so we want to for the most part keep things unlidded and as easy to put away as it is to put them down okay so a play space play spaces in our house can be literally any room. I might use the word playroom a lot and that just means wherever your kids play. It doesn't have to be, you know, the actual playroom. You don't need to have an actual playroom. Your playroom might be your living room because that's where your kids play. Um, And so it has two functions. It's a play space, but it's also um, a living room. And I think it's fair to say that that's probably going to be the situation until your kids get old enough that they want to just play in their bedrooms, Um, which I've heard is around the age of nine. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the play spaces in our houses are the most magical places and the reason why is because this is where kids go and they get to creatively come up with problems like you know i don't know the the i used to play with my dolls and come up with all sorts of situations so they're they come up with their problems and then they come up with solutions and they get to make believe that anything is possible flying is possible dragons are real Baby dolls are alive and they truly need us to feed them and care for them. So the play spaces in our homes are the most magical places. And when you keep that in mind, when you look at your the play space in your home and you look at it through the eyes of a child, through your children or your child, I think that that will really help you come up with the plan for what this space is going to be. I know that for some of us that are a little bit more um, type A maybe, knowing that your living room is also your child's play space might be tough because that means that it's going to be, un- I don't want to say unorganized because it will be organized by the end of this, but it's going to be not tidy. Things are going to be out the room has two functions and so it's hard to say like it's for this but it's also for this that's tough but wherever your kids naturally go in your house to play that's got to be the play space because getting them to move is probably going to be way too much effort and it's just going to make you upset and angry and frustrated so wherever they naturally go to play which is probably wherever you are right because they want to be around you that's where their play space is. Um, and so, you know, it won't be forever. It'll just be for a little while. This stage is not going to last forever. Um, so give them that, that space for now. Um, one of the things, and I want to say this before I forget, one of the things that I heard in a podcast and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's genius is a mom. She had three children and her boys wanted to play in their play space, and so what she would do is she would grab out their favorite toys, and then she'd maybe grab something that they haven't played with for a while, and she'd get them set up with some sort of scenario. Like, what if it was like trucks or something? It was like, here's the town, and and the trucks are on the other side of the room, and they have to transport all of these logs to the other side of the room, and they have to follow this path. and. Um, so she set them up with this scenario. Um, and of course, you know, you know how kids are and you probably remember how you were as a kid. They kids just like get so into the story. It's like, it's real for them. And so once she got them set up with this scenario and played with them for a little bit, she was able to leave them in their play space and go get done whatever she wanted to do you know and so that is something to keep in mind is that this play space when it is set up properly and when it is set up in a way where you can leave and know that your kids will be safe in in that space that's i mean i'm not a parent but i want to say that's the dream right where you can leave them and know that they can keep themselves entertained and safe so a few things to keep in mind keep things that you want kids to be able to get to without permission at levels they can reach so if you want your kids to be able to get to the legos they need to be within reach or their dolls within reach now if you don't want them to be able to access the play-doh maybe without your without your permission then maybe that goes out of reach which I don't know if that's a thing. I always played with play- Play-Doh by myself. <laughs> um, but maybe you have carpet in that room. And so that's not where you play with Play-Doh. So all of those things need to be out of reach. Um, if that means in a different room or if that just means at the top of the closet, that's totally fine. Um The next thing, if your kids, so kind of pay attention to how your kids play with their toys. If they tend to bring a certain type of toy into another room, like let's say they have a baseball and bat and they tend to take that outside to play, then you might actually just have that live outside. (laughs) Um, Or if they tend to bring their Legos to the kitchen table or to a different room, then maybe the Legos go in actually a carrying case that does have a lid because it tends to be transported elsewhere. Next thing, you will want to plan on decluttering toys often. And I'm sorry for that because I know that it's like, gosh, why can't I just organize and then the space is done and I'm good to go. I wish I could tell you that that's how it worked. But the problem is, is that kids outgrow their toys and they're constantly wanting new toys. And so if you're always bringing things in and never getting rid of anything, that's when things get unmanageable and really, really difficult. So it's important to, you know, go through and declutter and to enlist your kids help in, in decluttering so that they learn about for one, decluttering and also helping others, right? Because the toys that you get rid of are going to get donated probably. And so helping them learn that now is just gonna make it so much easier going forwards. Okay, next, kids play with 20% of their toys 80% of the time. So this 20%, whatever that 20% is for your kids, that is going to be their everyday toys and that will be its own category when we get to categorizing so everyday toys will all go in a category even if they belong in a different category for instance if you have a category that's dolls but they have their very favorite doll that goes in every day not in the dolls category the everyday things that they reach for the 20 percent of the toys that they play with 80 percent of the time those are going to be front and center in the playroom because that's what they're grabbing the most often so we want it to be easy to put away but also easy to access the next thing so i learned this as well i had never heard of this something called toy rotations it's essentially where you pack up toys that aren't being played with very often and then you bring them out again a few months later and then you know put them out again and it'll be like they're they're brand new toys or your kids will not play with them still. And then that's when it's like, okay, you haven't played with this for a few months and you still aren't playing with it, so it's time that we take this and donate it. And then the last little tip is that the cube or like the cubby organizers, I always call them nine cubes, but sometimes they come with six or three. Those work wonders in play spaces and really in all spaces because they come with the little fabric bins. So you, and you can buy new fabric bins that will kind of spruce up the space. So let's say you change the coloring in the space, you can get new fabric bins, you don't have to get new furniture. Um, And there's, it makes things easy to put away because you simply pull and drop, um, which it's just like a drawer. And also you can store books in them, like they have so many different functions. So those are great and they help stack, you know, use the vertical space in, in your playroom to help keep things, you know, from being all over. Okay. So the planning guide for the playroom asks you some questions and all of the questions I'm asking, literally everything I'm saying will be on a PDF doc. I'm going through the PDF doc. I'm just kind of voicing it as I look through these, this is my notes, my guideline. Um, otherwise I wouldn't know what to say. Um, so I'm going to read these questions, but just know that they are also on the PDF. Also, I want to say, like, I'm not just reading the PDF. I am elaborating on things and, you know, giving examples. You won't find examples or elaborations on the planning guide. Okay, so questions. What is working in the playroom space? And what, by working, I mean, what is functioning well? What is getting put away? You might have to do a little action research here for the next week and kind of observe what gets put away um, and what is functioning in the space. And then also, what do you like about this space in its current state? Um, And then also, because your kids are involved in this, when you are either in the car with them or let's say you're at the park, ask them, what is your favorite thing about your play space? the space where you play. What's your favorite thing about that? And the reason why I say ask them when they're not in the space is because if they're in the space, they're going to go through and they're going to be able to say all sorts of things. But if you are not in the space and they don't have access to it, they're going to be working from memory and you will get their truest answers because it's going to be whatever pops in their head. Um, And so that will give you a good idea of what their favorite favorite parts of their space are, and that gives you the chance to in, to leave those as they are, or to even enhance them so that they're even better. Next question, what is not working in this space? So what is not functioning well? What is not getting put away? And the reason why it's not getting put away is possibly because it is too difficult to put away, or that's not a part of your day, where it's like, okay, everybody tidy up for five minutes. Um, So that might be something that you try, is tidying things up and then noticing what is still not getting put away. And that could be because, again, it's too difficult or it doesn't have a designated home. Um, And then next, what annoys you or stresses you out when you see this space? So just go into the space and look at it. Try not to let yourself get into a state of complete annoyance but just what bothers you when you go into the space? I'm looking at my own space right now and I'm like, there's so many things that bother me because again, we're renovating and it's just, it's nuts around here. Gosh, okay, so don't work yourself into the state that I am currently in um, or try not to. Um, I don't know, maybe it'll motivate you even more though. Okay, next question. Talk with your child or children about the importance of organizing and decluttering. So maybe ask them like, what would happen if we never got rid of literally anything? What would happen if we didn't know where our stuff was? Like we knew it was in the house somewhere, but we can't find it. I'm sure there's gotta be a children's book out there about that. So have that conversation with them because it will help them start to recognize why decluttering is important and why having an organized space is important. And these are skills that we want our kids to walk into the world with. So talking with them starting now, that's great. Next thing, what are your child or children's favorite toys that they play with most of the time? Where and how can you store these? So we want these toys again to be front and center, open tops, in drawers, in cubbies, right where they reach them, in a basket, um, you know, whatever that looks like in your space, okay, but really noticing what your kids go for, I mean, you already know, you don't even need to notice this, just, you know, make sure that those toys have a designated home, um, so that your kids can put them away. Next, what toys, if any, do they tend to move to a different area of the house to play with? So, you know, like Legos or maybe they're, uh, I almost said Yo play. that's not what I meant, Play-Doh. Um, so if they have toys that they do that with, where do they take them to? And how, where and how can you store these items? So these are the items that we want to be in containers with lids and carrying handles so that they can carry them wherever they're going. And if it's a situation where it's like they always play with the Legos in the living room but their play space is somewhere else, maybe you could just find a spot for them in the living room and they could just stay there. Um or if it's something where it's like they they will sometimes play with it outside or sometimes they'll play with this item inside. That's when you want it to, like, have carrying handles in a lid so that they can take it outside, put everything away, and then bring it back inside. Next, um, what toys or activities should be stored out of reach because you don't want your child or children accessing it without your supervision? So I just think things that are messy, like paint or... I know that I used to have one of those like bead kits where you would like put the beads, the teeny tiny little beads on like these things and you take the iron <laughs> and you would iron it. That might be something that you don't want your kids having access to um, without without you being there. And something also just popped in my head, um, if you have kids at different ages, so let's say you had a 10 year old and a two year old, that's a big gap, but let's just say that that was you and you don't want your two year old to be accessing those little tiny beads, but your 10 year old can do that by themselves. Maybe that gets stored in your 10 year old's room in a spot that they know about so that the two year old can't get into it. Um, that might be something that you consider. Um, next, What are the categories of toys? Now, because we're talking about kids here, normally I would say five to seven categories. Because we're talking about kids, we want things to be very simple for everybody, for them and for you. So if you can narrow down to three or four categories, it's just gonna make it so much easier because they will know when they're going to put something away. It only has three or four places it can go that's it. If there's seven places it could go, that's too much. So you might think like dolls, like that's a big, broad category. And then you can always subcategorize, you know, so dolls go in this corner of the room, but in this corner of the room, we also have, you know, this tub that has all the Barbies in it. And then we have this tall that has, I'm probably so wrong about this, but the water babies, I don't know if those are still a thing probably not. Um, so that might be all in one category. Um, next you might have like building toys. So if you have, you know, those little Lincoln logs or whatever they're called and the little mag magnetic, um, I, sorry, you guys, I obviously, I don't know a whole lot (laughs) about toys clearly, but you know, maybe those go all in one, one category. And again, they can be subcategorized, but at least they all go in this corner of the room. And then of course, you're going to have your most often played with category, which is going to be possibly a diff- an array of things, um, depending on what your kids like. So try to come up with again, three or four broad categories, the fewer, the better next this is where you go into your space and you imagine the possibilities try to imagine where and how you would like each category to be stored what is that going to look like for you and for your children try to utilize the furniture that you have but you know big lots usually has those nine cubes for like 40 dollars. so you you know you can find cheap furniture on facebook marketplace at walmart um and that might be helpful to have a couple of those and then okay this is something new that i was thinking about but i think this is a, a worthy goal to set set a goal for how much you would like to get rid of so when you look at the items in your space how much do you want to get rid of or Like, would you like the category to fit in one designated space easily? So for instance, I go back to my hair products. I wanted my hair products to fit in a shoebox. And so what ended up happening was I got rid of things that couldn't fit in the shoebox that I had designated when I was originally sorting everything. And I made it work. And it does work. And it, and I'm so happy that I did that. So set those limits of like all of the Barbies are going to fit in one fabric bin. Um, or I would like to get rid of 25% of the stuff in this space. I think actually now that I'm like voicing this out loud, sorry, I'm processing as I'm speaking. I think it's easier to say I want everything to fit in this whatever that might be, um, you know, a shoe box or, um, a fabric bin, the fabric bins. If you have the nine cube, that's definitely something to consider is all of the, all of the Lincoln logs are going to fit in this fabric bin. And then that really will help you pare down because you'll have a visual of what you want to happen. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen, but at least you've thought about it and you've kind of set a goal for yourself. I had set the goal of my hair products fitting in a fabric bin before I started, and I really stuck to that, and um, that really helped me. And I really only had that one goal set um, because that was where my surplus was. I had so many hair products. It was out of this world. So that is something to consider is kind of set those space goals. Okay, and the next is literally just um, the checklist for what you're going to do. And again, this is on a little literal checklist that you can print out and check things off as you go. Um, but for getting ready, you want to gather your trash bags, your donate box, your sell box, and then your decide later box. So if you're holding up something to get rid of and your child is like, "Mm, I don't know, Mm," or they're like, no, you can't get rid of that, but you know, that they haven't played with it in over six months then that's the decide later box so for the decide later box you pile everything in you um put the lid on it you put it in the garage you set a reminder in your phone for three months that says hey go look at this decide later box that has toys in it and then you pull it out and you go through it again and if you know if things have been missed in that time, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, we can keep this and this and this, but the rest is going to donation, then that's great. Um, remove, so next, go into your space and remove trash and broken items. So if you go in there and you're like, oh, yeah, this, this toy has been sitting here for three months. It's broken. It doesn't work. And you haven't fixed it yet or there is no fix for it. Go ahead and set it out by the trash cans on, you know, out there. You might be able to donate it and have somebody else fix it, or I wouldn't even say put it on Facebook Marketplace. Um, Just get rid of it. (laughs) Um, Next is move items out of the playroom that don't belong there. If these items do not have a designated space yet, you're going to put them in your dumping ground space, wherever that is. Mine is my guest bedroom, and it is like actually horrifying in there. (laughs) Just... It's like things just keep getting piled closer and closer to the ceiling. I'm like airing all of my dirty laundry on this (laughs) right now. Um, But that's real life for me. Um, And then the next thing is move items into the playroom that do belong there. So if you know that you have, you know, toys outside that need to be brought inside and you want to find a space for them in the playroom, bring those in. Or if you have um stuff in your kids rooms that you would like to have in the playroom bring that in and vice versa if you have like for instance with the um little beads example earlier if there's toys in the toy room that you know you want your kids to store in their room then move those into their room if you don't have a space yet for them in their room maybe just create like a box or something that you can, you know, figure that out later. You don't want to spend a whole lot of time right now trying to figure that out if your kids' rooms haven't already been organized. If they are already organized, then it should be easily easy to find a spot for it. But if they're not organized yet, you will get to those items when you get to them. Okay. Now, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to take up too much more time. So there is a bunch of check boxes here for you to go down for you to go through. Um, and then the last thing that I want to talk about is maintaining the playroom space. I know that you've heard this before and I kind of hate saying it and I kind of hate hearing it honestly, but consistency is key in order to keep this space maintained, you have to be consistent about it. And I'm sorry to tell you that because I know that you already know. Um, And consistency is something that I so struggle with. And so it's like, okay, you're telling me this, but it's it's so hard when life is busy and when you have things and it's, I get it. And so I don't know whatever works for you for maintaining your home. But we all have to maintain our homes, right? Like we all have to sweep every once in a while. We all have to wash the windows and take out the trash. We all have to change the air filter for our furnace. All of these things, like we have to do these things and it helps if they're on a schedule. Now, that doesn't mean it's on a schedule, but it helps if it is. And... If it can be automated where it literally pops up on your reminders for the day, these are the things that you need to do when you get home, that makes it so much easier because you get home and you're like, okay, I have a little bit of energy, what do I need to get done before I start making dinner? Well, you have this little list that's generated somehow, I don't know what that looks like, (laughs) that tells you what you need to do for the day um, for your home. And if that's changing the air filter, well, there it is, you get to do it and then you check it off your box or you check the box off your list, whatever. Sorry, you guys, it's like, I'm, it's Wednesday, but I was really hoping today would just be Friday for me, and it's not, and I'm really struggling <laughs> with the whole speech thing. Um, so, anywho, once a month, you're going to take five minutes, five to ten minutes to go through the play space and declutter with your children. So, go through, hey, you haven't played with this toy this month. Do you want to give it to somebody that might need it? and so just kind of go through that declutter you know do a quick little cleaning and then before christmas this is when you're going to do a deep decluttering to make room for the new toys that are coming in and also when you do this before christmas it gives those toys a chance to go home with a a kid who really really wanted that toy but their parents maybe couldn't afford it, but then they found it at Goodwill or at a, at a donation store, um, or I guess it's a thrift store, um, and they got to take it home. And how neat is that, that, you know, this toy gets to go home with somebody that really, really wanted it. So that's what you'll do before Christmas. And I know it's like, gosh, well, I already have enough to do in my life. But if you, again, if you can automate these things and put them in your phone, that will help you remember to do them. Or if you have like, one thing that I've really been wanting to create is a home binder that allows a person to systematize it for them because our lives are all so different. And so if you had you know a home binder where it was like, okay, this, these are the things that I do in December or in November, then you could just pull that out the, on the month of November and have your checklist right there. So that may be something to consider doing. And then the next and last thing, this is the final thing I will say once a day. Yes, I did say once a day, have your children help you pick up and tidy. So they're going to put away what is out in the playroom and that will help them remember where things go and that will help you keep your sanity because you're not going to step on a Lego that's been left out, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then the very last thing is that when you go to label the play space, consider using, if you have like little, little kids that don't read yet, um, label it with pictures and with words. So, you know, you might have a picture of a doll. This is where the dolls go. And then underneath the doll so that your kids can learn to associate those letters with the picture. Okay, that is all. I'm sorry that this is so long. I hope that you found something helpful in this. Um, And I cannot wait to hear how it goes with organizing the play spaces in your home. Have a great day and let me know how it goes. Also, please let me know whatever I missed. Remember, I don't have kids. I need help with, um, you know, keeping my reality in check when I say all of the things that I've said here today, there's probably something I said that you're like, that definitely is completely wrong. She clearly doesn't have kids. Let me know what those things are so that I can correct them. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful day. Bye.